um, it was about a week before he died, he told his wife that he was grateful for the prognosis because I know <laughs> because without it, and it still gets me emotional talking about, it, but he said without it, he never would have felt like what it really felt to live. And it's part of one of the reasons why I got so passionate about following my dreams because you know what life is too short and why not why not take the risks like colin is saying now while we're in the living years you know why wait welcome to the ziggler show i'm your host kevin miller and i'm here to inspire your true performance from the framework established by zig ziggler one of the top motivators and personal development leaders our world has ever known who believed we could all be more do more and have more how improve ourselves beginning with how we think about ourselves so today let's break down some personal development so folks in this show i wanted to visit one more time our crucible in show 639 we talked with dr james kelly about harnessing our crucible or trials in essence for gain instead of handicap using our adversity as a strength not a weakness again easy to say but it's a life-altering reality to embrace or not. Uh, so I wanted to hear from you. I wanted to hear from our listeners, real issues. So I posted this question on Facebook. Because I experienced and endured blank, I am now able to blank that I otherwise would not be so capable of. Well, my goodness, the responses were just deep. I had Michelle Prince join me, and honestly, we struggled a couple of times just to keep our composure as we read the testimonials about people's adversity. And what really became the focus was whether someone becomes bitter as a result of their adversity, their crucible, or they're able to redeem it and find true redemption in it. And we covered my goodness, some significant crucibles from hard work environments to death and abuse. This, I believe, is just a profound show really for anyone, no matter what level of crucible or trial or adversity you feel like you have dealt with in your past. And of course, we're also going to all endure something hard in our future too. So this is a preparation for that. So we'll get started right after I share some great resources with you. Okay, friends, here then Michelle Prince and I talk through the responses again to this question. Because I experienced and endured blank, I am now able to blank that I otherwise would not be so capable of. All right, here we go. Okay, Michelle, well, this, you know, looking at a crucible, looking at those adversities that we have, I mean, my first thought, and I actually posted this on Facebook to start off was, I'm so aware of business, you know, failings that I had. I mean, now we're supposed to say it's not a, it's not a failure. It's, you know, you learned. Well, I, I did, but I, I crashed some stuff. Uh, and I did, I learned so much. It was my, my wife says that was my MBA, you know, I, I probably cost a lot more than what an MBA actually would, but that's, that's where I learned. And so, you know, definitely I can cite that, but my gosh, the stuff that was shared here just to, um, prep everybody for the flavor here was really personal. And honestly, it drove me back to thinking about my son, my oldest son, I have a 23 year old son who spent the first part of his life. I, we, I, we lost track of how many surgeries he's had. He had epilepsy, he had a brain um, uh, hemorrhage that he has a shunt in still does to this day. I mean, he's doing great. You, nobody would ever know, but so many instances of, of thinking he was going to die or have a physical or mental impairment. And I, I don't honestly think that I have really 
dwelled on what did that do? I don't feel like it hurt me, but what did it equip me for? It was almost something like I, I'd rather just focus on who he is today and how he's succeeding and not how it equipped me. But my gosh, the stuff that people shared here, honestly, I I feel like I need to spend a little time um, thinking about it and Mm. really just embracing what we went through with him and how can it, how has it helped me? Just so I'm a little more aware of, you know, like you tell people of your story. That's right. Yeah. Well, so lots of stories here. So I'm going to, I'm just going to, going to dive in here. Melissa, she says, I love this question because I experienced growing up with a mother who had left when I was two due to a drug addiction and was in and out of my life, leaving me to be raised by my father. I'm now capable of using what I learned from both her downfalls and inability to be a mother and my father stepping up and raising a girl on his own while providing the very best life he could for me, working what I remember to be 12 hour days on a normal basis. Um, and I use that as a way to guide me in my life as a parent of three amazing daughters. I want my girls to have the mom I never had. And also I appreciate my dad more than I could ever put uh, words into now that I am an adult and a parent it speaks to me just of gratitude that she's, Oh my gosh, for sure. And, and how many people can relate to that? You know, they didn't have the ideal upbringing and, um, that actually kind of even reminds me of one of my family members that, um, had comes from a family of divorce and, um, they, because of everything they experienced as a child and some of the, the, the trauma that happened there, that they made a commitment that they would never divorce. So it's, it's interesting sometimes that the, the, the problems that you go through just shape you into being a better parent or a better wife or a better, you know, husband. And, um, yeah. despite having to go through all that, Oh, well, cause it's obviously, and we got a lot of people listening here and that is prime ground for a root of bitterness to be there. Mm-hmm. And then that's oh, for sure. what she lives with all of her life. And, and there, there's the crux of what we're talking about. The crucible, does it make you or, or break you so pithy to say, but it's, it's everything. Um, it is. You know, I was thinking, Kevin, too, for my, yeah. you know, because we've all been through something. And, and you know, you mentioned the business um, ups and downs and things like that. But I was thinking about, you know, back in the day before I had my own business, really before I followed my passion and really, you know, kind of stepped into what I, I felt called to do. I was working a job that I hated. And and it was one of those. It was it was over a period of a decade. It seemed I mean, it really was. And I was successful, but I was miserable. And that seems silly to mention that. But but what that did to me inside is, is I just didn't have joy. I didn't have um, I, I just didn't love life. And so I, I endured it. And, and basically by enduring it, though, it just gave me so much more fuel to the fire or more passion or more clarity on, okay, what do I really want to do? What is it that lights me up? And had I not gone through those years of being pretty miserable, I don't know that it would have forced me to really question things. And I don't think I'd be where I am today had I not done that. So enduring is sometimes a good thing. (laughs) There there would be great uh, value, I think, in us doing a show, doing one of these focused on career and on work, because you mentioned enduring and not to go down that trail too far right now, but enduring. And I think that that's gotten to be the norm for a lot of yes. people. That's we're expect. Hey, work's not supposed to be fun. You do it for the paycheck and we endure and how many people are enduring yet. We see the consequences of that with, uh, with, with addiction, with just numbing, with, you know, a, a culture, it's more spectator, um, mm. than performer and yada, yada. So we should talk more on that one. That's how many people are out there enduring and that's good for a season. Great to fit. So it puts food on the table for a short period of time, but to do that long term, and you're missing, like you said, the passion and the glory. 
That's right. Well, Colin here, this is really interesting. Colin Martin, he says, because I experienced colon cancer, I now take risks. I recently, yeah, isn't that great? I, recent, I love that. I do too. I recently interviewed for a major promotion in my industry. Prior to my diagnosis and full recovery, I would not have applied out of fear of rejection. Surviving cancer taught me that life is short and that I can't put off things to the future. So I applied, I interviewed, and I was hired. I would have not even tried prior to the diagnosis. Oh, I love that. That is a book right there. <laughs> Talk about inspiring people, you know, and unfortunately he had the cancer, but, but yeah. the fact that that pushed him to take the risks, I mean, what a great lesson in that. You know, it, it is. And by the way, Colin, if you're listening to this, which I imagine you will go, go to book bound by the sea that they, you can write your book with uh, Michelle right there. Okay. <laughs> Bookboundbythesea.com. But you know, looking at that, I'll never forget when we interviewed, um, Gosh, John O'Leary. Okay. He has the book on fire. So he nearly blew himself up, burned himself up as a kid. Should have died by, by every reason. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, the, I think it was third degree burns on 99% of his body. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I asked him in the interview, or it came up, I don't know if I, if I asked it, but you know, if you could go back, it seems like a stupid question now that I recite it, but you know, what would you change? Point being, he says, I would not change anything. And I really had a hard time accepting that. Seriously, you would go back and let yourself be burned up. And he said, for the redemptiveness, so let's take that as the opposite of bitterness. If we can redeem these stories, these hardships, these trials and adversities, um, he said, for what it's the, the redemption in his life, he would not change it. So I, I'm not going to hold that up as the Holy Grail because, you know, Colin, would he say, you know, I'm glad I had cancer? Maybe, maybe not. I sure have things in my life that I benefited from that I still regret. And, and I wish it hadn't happened because it hurt other people. Um, sometimes. Yeah. I have a great, a friend of mine, actually, I, I, in fact, when I talk about time management and that life is so short, I, I mentioned Tom in my, my speeches a lot, but basically he, he had cancer and he was given six months to live and he had young kids and it was just devastating time. And then right before he died, so the month leading up to, to him passing, he, he did exactly what Colin did. He decided, you know what, if I only have a few months, I'm going to do everything that makes me happy. I'm going to spend time with the people I love. I'm going to do more of what really matters. And um, it was about a week before he died. He told his wife that he was grateful for the prognosis wow. because I know <laughs> wow. because without it, and it still gets me emotional talking about, it, but he said without it, he never would have felt like what it really felt to live. And it's part of one of the reasons why I got so passionate about following my dreams because you know what? Life is too short and why not? Why not take the risks like Colin is saying now while we're in the living years, yeah. you know, why wait? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's an exaggerated perspective, but that movie came out years ago, bucket list with, yes. uh, gosh, it was Morgan Freeman and, um, uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, obviously exaggerating, they did a bunch of goofy stuff as well, but yeah, it, it is, it's hard to, we, we get to the point of putting things off to the future, putting things off to the future. And then so often people don't get there or they try to do it in their retirement years where often their health is not there to allow mm -hmm. them to. And how can we do those things, experience those things now before having to get cancer to make us do that. That's awesome though. What will help you take risks? Hopefully it's not cancer, but, uh, 
Okay, well, Jamie here says, uh, Jamie McClellan, because I experienced and endured a hostile work environment for years, I'm now able to endure enormous amounts of pressure and stress in my personal and work life uh, that I otherwise would not be capable of. I can't begin to recall how many times I've heard, how do you remain so calm? Or you always seem to have things under control. It's hard to explain, but it takes an extreme situation for me to get worked up. Wow. I understand that, you know, I've told a story before of, I consider myself to be my own negative label is an an impatient person because that's how I feel and how I, you know, react inside. But it was a couple of years ago that my wife said, what are you talking about? You're one of the most patient people I've ever met. You've got a hundred children. We always have, you know, this going on and you're, you're so incredibly patient. I just didn't realize, you know, so it's the pressure of, of, family and a lot of people. And you, you get this, I'm a, as the outgoing, uh, introvert, I, <laughs> I, I have become patient, but so it wasn't a hostile work environment, but yeah, it is interesting. The things that those, those pressures, again, back to, to Dr. Kelly, that those crucibles that do, that can give us a strength that we wouldn't have otherwise. It's, it's, I mean, that seems like a focal point. You could make that a focal point for, for about anybody's story and book, I guess, huh, Michelle? Mm-hmm. It's just a new perspective, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you can't change the past, but the past can, can give you one new perspective, but two, an opportunity to help people. You know, I always say it's in your mess is your message. And it's really oh. hard to share with somebody how to overcome something unless you've had to go through it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, or in your test is your testimony, you know, depending on how you're, how you're using it. But, and you say that I, I, you know, back to me just sharing a little bit about my son and what we went through. I have not done a sufficient job of uh, pondering my own story. I really haven't, mm-hmm. Michelle. It comes up to me and it hasn't been a priority as far as, you know, writing a book or, or doing something. But I think I'm, I, there's a piece I'm missing that I need to do that. I'm so bred to be forward thinking that I don't, yeah. uh, I, I think I handicap myself by not giving enough credibility uh, to the past. And I'm probably missing the opportunity for more redemption. Maybe. And everything happens in the right season though, in the right time. And maybe it's just not the right time yet to tell it or dig back and all that, but you'll know when it is. And even if it's just to share it with your kids, your story's worth, it's worth getting at least on paper in a journal so that you can share it as a legacy. Well, and, and, uh, my last time with Zig, I don't know how many times, probably three times that day. Kevin, write a book. (laughs) <laughs> he said, he said, write a book and let me see it. I'll tell you if it's any good. <laughs> and I, he I, always said that. I love that. I do too. I do too. All right. Well, Daryl Rostick, he says, because I experienced the death of my mother, I am now able to have my own relationship with Christ. So many times in my younger days, I depended on my mother to pray for me. I was always told to have my own relationship with Christ, but whenever matters were serious, I defaulted to asking mom to pray. Pretty soon I was taking all matters of prayer to her. Once she passed, I spent seven years just being lost, not knowing how and when to communicate with God. After redirecting, rededicating, I'm sorry, my life to Christ, I have since developed an amazing relationship with him, experiencing the love of God, not only shows me why mama prayed so much, but also showed why God wants each of us to have our own relationship with him. Wow. Yeah. Thank you uh, for sharing that, Daryl. Obviously a great testimony on a faith-based side, but also just of how we can hold on to things and it's not until we lose them. Oh my gosh, back to career stuff. We have so many great testimonies 
always of people who have had great career pursuits or started businesses after they were fired, after they were, you know, holding on to the the golden handcuffs, as we say, uh, for that paycheck. And it had to end. There had to be a death for something new. But back to what you mentioned just before in our in our previous uh, comment that we said, how great if we could do it before that has to happen. Mm-hmm. I often think, though, even just hearing some of these examples that, you know, it's it's it's, it's likely just part of the plan and part of the process, you know, because you're not going to, you can't, it's so hard to, to get the, to a place of understanding, like him talking about prayer and the importance of it. And, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have, or if there's not something that motivates you or changes or like a life change to, to get you to think differently, we're, we're just creatures of habit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, not that bad things are, are, are good, but sometimes when bad things happen, good things, it, it's for a purpose and, and something good comes of it. You know, my husband's uh, mom was killed in a car accident um, just a day or two before our first son, her first grandchild was born uh-huh. and it was devastating. Yeah. And there, you know, of course you can't think of anything good to come out of that situation, but over time, I mean, some good things did happen. Some, some reconnections in, in family and with other relationships and um, you can't see those things when you're in them, but it's, it's that perspective you get after the fact. And I just can't help but believe that's just part of a, a you know, a bigger plan. Well, or at least that's how I choose to believe. I, it. I do too. I, I, I love the word redemption and mm. can, is there anything that can't be redeemed? Even if we would regret it, even if we wish it hadn't happened, I'm not a no regrets person. I definitely have things that I regret now. I don't, you know, kill myself because of those things, but can they be redeemed? And I think from a, faith-based aspect. I have to believe that from a Mm -hmm. life experience. I absolutely believe there can be redemption. Again, there may still be things that you wish had not happened, but can we redeem? And that's what we're talking about here. Is it redeemable? Gosh, that would be a great question. Do you feel like, I don't think anybody would respond to this, (laughs) but do you feel like there's anything that's happened to you that is not redeemable? That would be a great, that's a counseling session probably. That is a counseling session because I'm guaranteed there's plenty of people. We all have something. Oh my gosh. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Uh, Lisa uh, Bastone or Castone, she says, because I endured heartache, disappointment, and hardships, I am now able to appreciate all that is good in li- in my life and have confidence that even though I'm an independent, uh, capable mother and career woman, it's safe for me to love, be loved, and trust in others. I included that because I thought that's, that's a big, yeah, talk about counseling. That's a big for, for her to be able to say that obviously she's been in a place where it wasn't safe. So now to say it is safe for me mm-hmm. to love, be loved and trust in others. That's a, that's a huge fruition of obviously some, as she said, heartache, disappointment, hardship. And it sounds like it was a choice too, you know, because yeah. you could choose to stay in that bitterness. You could choose to stay you know, in a dark place. And so I, I, I get inspired by hearing all these because, you know, no matter these people, people have gone through some horrible things, but yet they still are on the other side with a better attitude, better relationships, you know, and, and which is the whole point of this, this show today, but yeah. um, just so inspiring. Oh my gosh, it is. Okay. Well, on that note, here's one. So Evan Herman, and he actually on Facebook, he private messaged me and left a voicemail, but he also wrote in the, in the Facebook thing, but he, he, uh, just expanded a bit on what he shared, but I'll read you what he wrote. He said, I have lost someone close to me in my life every year for 10 years. 
I had a mentor who died on the day we were to meet, uh, for me to ask him to be in my wedding. He had a brain aneurysm a few hours before my grandfather died in a nursing home right in front of me, as well as my grandmother. I had a mentor fall to his death off a mountain and he shared this, this, uh, what happened there. But uh, two of my best friends died in the same ORU plane crash. One of them was my teammate in college. The other was in my wedding. I had a man die in my arms while doing his taxes. Uh, but nothing could have prepared us for a premature stillborn daughter. Uh, it's hard to recount all the loss because it brings up a whirlwind of emotion. All the loss has taught me so much about relationships and not taking people for granted. I can instantly feel people's pain in loss and just be there with them in that moment without trying to say or do anything to fix them. I have really had to lean into God and trust him that salvation is real. And in my trust, he's He'll show up and that is it. It's helped me understand God's love for people and the importance of sharing the gospel of Jesus to lead others to salvation with my daughter. She never got to experience the love in my heart that I had for her. And the pain of that is the worst feeling I've ever had. Goodness. Oh, it's hard to read. God, I know. God showed, as you're I know. It. God showed me. He feels the same way when any of his children live a life without ever knowing his love. Oh, wow. Thank you, Evan. Um, if you can redeem that, uh, I think most of us can redeem the things that have happened in our lives. Yeah. Your ability to feel and empathize with people. I see that in my own wife who has had a good amount of hardship in her life that I don't understand. I don't Mm -hmm. understand that level of compassion. And I don't say that to berate myself. I have other things, other skills and abilities, Mm -hmm. but that's one that I don't have because I have not experienced that. And I think that's again, what, what we're talking about with these crucibles that you've experienced that you can serve somebody in a way that I am absolutely unequipped to do that. If you'll step up and do it, which you have Evan, man, thank you for sharing. I I guess I also want to say, I'm so sorry. I know. Oh gosh. My, so I just hope hurts my heart to hear that, but, mm-hmm. um, it sounds, I, I love though, that he's, he's willing to see some positive out of it, you know? And, 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 and like you just said, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I've had loss in my life, but not to that degree. So I'm, you know, may not be the per- like if somebody were to have a tragic loss in their life, I mean, he's able to understand immediately and know how to serve and help and be there. So not that you want to get a gift in that way, you know, by having to go through all that, but you know, if you can look at it as that, it is a gift and it's such a, you know, you're now able to be such a huge blessing to somebody else uh-huh. despite what you've gone through. And, and what a story and what a great, not a great, what a, uh, an acute thing to ask why, you know, for him mm-hmm. to ask why has that happened, but to still take that way. Well, here's on that kind of on the uh, similar note, you know, Tara uh, nuts. And she says, because I have experienced and endured abuse, manipulation, heartache, loss, and grief, I am now able to enjoy the moment, love deeper, have greater empathy and have the ability and experience to lead, encourage and motivate and mentors, mentor others. Okay. That's great. But my first thought when I read that, and even thinking about Evan, what he just shared before is yeah, why? Why did that, what's that difference? You know, that, mm. that what, what tipped over the edge for Evan, for, for Tar, for so many people to have these bad things happen and not then again, I just think of that root of bitterness, not let that grow and exist and be the story of their lives. Mm-hmm. Where, what happened that caused them to come over and go, no, now I have a, a, a freedom and an ability in essence. 
And that's the hope part. That's the part that people need because we all go through some sort of a tragedy, right? And there's different levels. I mean, Evan, I, I can, you know, he's clearly on a, he's gone through some more than we can even imagine. Mm-hmm. But there's, like you said, what changed it? What made it from not being in despair and, and, and having no hope to finally like, you know, accepting things. But it's that change is where you inspire other people. That's what Zig did. Zig yeah. was a master at just letting people see like, yes, I came from this. Yes, I had this happen to me. Yes, things were not great, but I chose. And it, it, it does boil down to a choice, which every single one of these people on the show today, they just made a choice. But that choice is what inspires people. And so the more you share that with other people, and, and this isn't about a book, I'm not trying to push that, but this really is about sharing your story on shows like this on, you know, if you, you know, do write it down, but something so somebody else who's going through it, who doesn't have that hope right now, can be inspired because that's what we all need is we just need hope. I I could see you doing this. You want to do this, but with your book writing business, Michelle, you know, this is a a grief therapy. I mean, how Mm -hmm. many people need to get the story out? They need to write it down. They need to get it on paper, literally get it out there. One. And then two, probably get help in Mm -hmm. redeeming it. How can this be redeemed? Because I think a lot of people they don't see how it can be. It's pithy to say, Oh, right. You know, look on the bright side and I can, but it just, if it hurts, it hurts. And and that's it. How can it be redeemed? Yep. It's so true. And it's never about a book. It's about your story, but a lot of times the story's for our benefit (laughs) as much as it is for somebody else. Well, you know, there's so many postings, uh, which folks, again, you're, you're welcome to always go. You can find me on Facebook, agent K Miller, um, this, uh, was posted, gosh, last week. So beginning of January, you can read through these. I, I, we're not gonna have time to go through all those. Here's another one that's pretty significant. And just to give background, um, this lady has shared before and she had on Facebook, she had a picture that was not her. It was just some kind of a, a graphic or, or whatnot and a, a name that was not hers as, as well. Uh, so this is a story that's, that's in process right now of her coming out and, uh, well, I'll read it to you. So her name is Barb and that is actually her name. She private messaged me as well, Barb, uh, Goni. And she actually responded to Tara's response right above. She says, I feel you, Tara. I experienced repeated sexual abuse as a child from people I knew, and I was unable to trust men for more than two decades. It led me to leaving home early, learning a new language, traveling the world, and discovering myself in the process. I learned that not all men are the same and even prepared myself to confront my abusers whenever I had the chance, which I did in 2014, 20 years after the abuse had taken place. I think that must be the most courageous thing I have ever done. Since then, I've been working on letting go, trusting and loving myself and those around me. I'm now married with a 10-month-old baby, and I'm able to love, trust, motivate, and lead not just myself and my family, but colleagues at work too. I've been a teacher and a trainer for over 10 years and always make sure gender equality is part of both my teaching materials and classroom management. I campaign for the rights of women, and I recently worked as the equality, diversity, and inclusion lead for the country I work in. All in all, I am a much stronger person who's found her values in life and can now make use of her professional platform to share them with all those I come into contact with, particularly children who are the most vulnerable and who are also the leaders of tomorrow. Mm, Fantastic. That's an amazing story of somebody that's taken what's happened and given, you know, make, finding a way to help other people. And, and think, and, and I sit here and think about, you know, again, not to, 
wish that that thing, those things had happened for her, but now, but, but it did. And instead of bitterness, instead of it overcoming her, she is now redeeming it. And who are the people that desperately need her? They need this ability and understanding just about like back to Evan. They need that. Uh, it's going to change their lives and it's yeah. I'm sorry. No, as you were talking, I just had a visual though of like, you know, just like in the Bible. I mean, who did Jesus use? You know, who did, who did he, who were the people that he, he told stories through? They were the people that had been through the most, the worst that, you know, but he, they were redeemed there because of what they went through or because of their background or their history. Um, they were, he was, they were still used to, yeah. for, for good. So. Yeah. Well, I might need to title this redemption. I, you know, crucible is, and I think we did get into that topic again, folks, if you didn't listen to the show initially by with Dr. James Kelly, I'm actually trying to pull it up uh, here was show six thirty nine. Uh, this is show six forty four, So six thirty nine, And we talked about that and it was how to leverage your trials for benefit is what I titled it. But we're talking about, you know, can he uses that word crucible and it's how to redeem it uh, because if you don't, and we all know those stories and I think that's where, uh, you know, the masses end up, but, you know, back to, to Ziggs, you know, he so often talked about that. The world leaders, the biggest world leaders we have ultimately came from trials, mm-hmm. adversities, crucibles as, as what he talks about. So all of us have those in our lives at bigger or, you know, or smaller levels anyways, but can we, redeem it. Yeah. Again, Michelle, I still, I feel like it's this whole topic is giving me, um, some motivation to go back and look at those crucibles and say, maybe, maybe to, uh, you know, confirm myself. I, I, we, I have redemption from those, but Mm -hmm. are there some others where I could, I could get more redemption out of those crucibles. And of course we're all sitting here today and we're going to have a crucible. It's going to happen tomorrow, next month, a year, whatever. And this is an equipping, for us to uh, take it in a whole new light. Absolutely. What yeah. a great show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you folks for, uh, for sharing your hearts. It's just such, such a gift. Um, yeah. We're going to, we're going to end up having to get uh, sponsorship by Kleenex if we keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michelle, thank you. It's always a gift to do these with you. Thanks Kevin. Wow. Just what a show. I really hope you're either rejoicing that you've been redeeming your crucibles, your adversities, or you're now considering how you can, how you could better. Or like me, it's a little of both. If this touched a nerve, if if it provided some value to you folks, this show, would you leave a review for us, a rating, and uh, hopefully also a review in iTunes for The Ziggler Show. That helps people know the value they can get, and it lets us know we're doing a good job. Coming up next in show 645, we have our Habits Show, where we walk through the seven spokes of The Ziggler Wheel of Life with one of our esteemed guests. And this one I bring back Carrie Newhoff, who we interviewed in show 643 on his message and book of the same title, didn't, didn't see it coming, overcoming the seven greatest challenges that no one expects and everyone experiences. Well, here's something interest, interesting in this habit show that we did with Carrie. Uh, the last spoke is called the personal spoke, where we really look at you know hobbies and play, things that you do just for yourself. And Carrie said, not having hobbies and, and additionally friendships is often a telltale sign of burnout to some degree in your life. 
Uh, that might step on a few toes out there, but uh, you're going to get a lot from this show. Hope you can join us. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <laughs>